0: Lord, I just surrender right now, God, and I just ask that you will come and move, and that nothing I will say, God, will be of me, but it will come from your spirit. Lord Jesus, I ask that your spirit will go forth, because your word does not return void, and I believe, God, you have given me something that will edify, that will transform, that will convict the hearts, that will turn the hearts of men. God, I thank you for every person that's here tonight. Will you bless them and speak to them in the name of Jesus? Everybody say, amen, amen. I have a special word for you tonight. I wanna talk about God's table. Do you have that beautiful message title? I love, Trey, thank you, that's awesome. At the table, look at your neighbor and say, God has prepared a table for you. No, come on, say that excited. God has prepared a table for you. (laughs) That was good. That was better. Not at Waffle House when you leave church, okay? I'm talking about like God's table. And see, that reminds me just of going to my great-grandma's house, because I was raised by my grandma, so she didn't really count. So she was like my grandma. I went to my grandma's house, and she would have this whole table set up for me, right? And she'd put cakes, and she put ice cream. She'd take everything out of the fridge and the cabinets. Like, I mean, everything. And she dared to tell me that there's nothing good. There's nothing good for you, honey. I said, what do you mean? There's just everything good, right? And she, like, give me money and, and everything when I went there. So how many of y'all had a grandma that spoiled you? Raise your hand. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about then. And so God does the same thing. I don't know about y'all. But when I can't, when, when I can't get what I want, what I say is, my daddy will give it to me. Whatever. That's what I say because I'm a spoiled king of the I'm a spoiled daughter of the king. Amen. And so it is because of love that God does that he has prepared a table for us. God has sent his son Jesus Christ to serve you. This man that is God came to serve us. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> like, we're pretty special in his eyes. Amen. So, uh God has just this table and that's what I want to talk about today because he wants you to dine with him. He's inviting you. He's inviting all of us tonight to to sit down and eat with him. And he invites us um, so that we can be filled with good things. Because how many of y'all know that the world has bad things to offer us that cannot satisfy us? Amen. So God wants to fill us with good things. So I want to talk real quick about just seven uh, things. There's just a bunch of things. But seven things that God sets on this table for me and for you. Number one is the fellowship with him. Number two is fellowship with others. Three is provision. Four is healing, freedom. And at the table, God does not see our flaws and mistakes. And seven is eternal life. Amen. So, number one, at the table, there's fellowship with God. Look at your neighbor and say, at the table, there's fellowship with God. It was always the intention and the plan of God to fellowship with man. I mean, since the Garden of Eden, right, uh, man would walk in the cool of the day with God. And so, there's always his intention, always his plan for us. But everybody knows, sin did what? Separate us from him. So there's this chasm and this big gap between men and God. But when Jesus Christ came, he said, I came to bring the ministry of reconciliation so that we can be reconciled back to the Father. Amen? Because yeah. So many of y'all know that by our own merit and deeds, we could never get to him. We can never uh, we can never step into his presence. right? We can never be seen as, as worthy to step into his presence. But now through the blood of jesus we can get in with boldness that's what the bible says with boldness because he looks at us and he sees the blood of jesus can you give god praise for that that is the gospel amen amen and so at the table of god there's fellowship with him because there's reconciliation right and there's also relationship relationship see in revelation uh when when um John wrote to the church of Laodicea he was saying that God is at the door and he's knocking right who's gonna open so that he can dine with them God is not talking to the unbeliever in that scripture God's talking to a church so are we gonna be a church that's gonna open the door so that God can come in or we're we gonna leave him waiting outside and I know we, we have powerful services, but what about in your house? Is your family opening up the door of your house so that he can come in and dine with you? Or you come to church and you open the door and then you shut it right back. So you get into your house and you cuss, you get into your house and you do whatever you do. Amen. We say this over and over again that, that the church is not a building, but we are the church. So outside of these walls, are we having fellowship with God? Are we living in fellowship with him? And so the second thing is, at the table, there's fellowship with others. See, look at your neighbor and tell him you ain't going to heaven by yourself. There's gonna be black, white. There's gonna be Hispanic people. There's gonna be Chinese people, Hebrew people. So if you can't deal with them right now, what you gonna do in heaven? And so I just want you to think about this for a second, because if you have that scripture, First John one five through seven. I love this scripture, this is what it says, it says, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, but we walk in darkness, we lie. And we do not practice, practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And so we, you cannot tell me that you have fellowship with God if you don't have fellowship with your brother. That is just not true. In Acts 2, 42, this is what it says. They devoted themselves to the apostles the apostles teaching and to the fellowship it's the breaking of bread and to prayer so this right here is the picture of the early church this is what they did they continue to do what Jesus had taught them to do at the last supper is the breaking of bread that's what uh they've been doing in life group you know that's what we got to cultivate as a church is a fellowship with one another you know it wouldn't God Jesus wouldn't have established it if he wasn't important he knows what we can do as a body. If you just have constantly the mentality of me, me, me. Guess what? God can't do what he's called us to do in the realm of the earth. And so unity is key. And why am I saying this? Because the enemy is master in planting division, in planting offense. Uh, can we just be a people that, that stick together regardless? You know, I mean. Jesus wants us to be like him, amen? That's his desires, that we become like him. We can't be like him if we don't learn to die to ourselves. If you're constantly, constantly offended by what, what somebody said, somebody did, you can never, ever experience what God has for you. Because he has called us to stick together, amen? So let's die to us, let's, think, let's die to ourselves and think about it together, I mean, God himself is three in one. Think about that. He is in unity. God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's the perfect picture. That's us, church. Then three, at the table, there's provision. There's provision. Matthew 7, 9 through 11 I told you I'm a spoiled little brat sometimes because God, I'm telling you, he He cares about every single thing. He cares about the little things. He cares about every desire of your heart. That's why the word says, if you delight in him, he'll give you all the desires of your heart. Amen. But this is what it says. It says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you didn't, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father?" Father in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask him. He desires to give it to you. Will you just be bold and ask? I mean, many of y'all have kids, toddlers, teenagers. They don't, they don't say, I want. They say, I need, right? They come in and say, daddy, I need this PS5. <laughs> I need. What do you mean you need it? You don't need it, right? But they ask. <laughs> um, and the only reason why you wouldn't give it to him is either Um I don't know, if his grades aren't good or something, like if he's just not doing good and you want to preserve his life or if you don't have the money for it. I mean, God owns everything, y'all. So why would we dare think that he doesn't want to give it to you or he won't give it to you? So we'll just ask, can I, I want to share just like a few testimonies of God's provision in my life. Um, I believe in the power of testimonies. Uh, y'all know my CD. I really sit here at the church. Um, if you were here, nice if you wanted to miss it no I'm just kidding <laughs> but um I didn't pay not even a dime for that cd it cost me seven thousand dollars just for the cd alone and except obviously I had to fly to Orlando and all that stuff and I didn't pay for nothing God literally divine supernaturally <laughs> sent me the money for that <laughs> yeah um There's another testimony too that happened here at the church, actually. I don't think I ever got to share this with y'all. But um, I was here and me and my husband did not have a job. It was a few months ago because of COVID. We've been laid off and stuff. And the only income I had the entire month was $100. And God said, I don't want you to tithe 10% 10% of it. I want you to tithe of what you want to make. I said, well, I want to make like a million, right? But I ain't got 10% of that. So I'll give the 100 God. You know, $1,000 right now would be really good. So I, I gave the, the $100 and like, I forgot about it. Like maybe two weeks later or three weeks later, this person here at the church handed me um, first $100. I was like, oh, okay, $100. Good. Praise Jesus. Bless you. But then a day after, the same person came to me and said, God told me to give you this, and it was an envelope with a $1,000. <laughs> Not only did he give me back the hundred, but he gave me a thousand. Amen? So, <laughs> he didn't give just a thousand, he gave me the hundred that I had given. But anyways, God is good, ain't he? Um. And I think you're probably going to think this is silly, but I told you that God cares about the little things. And this one makes me cry. Don't make me cry up here. But um, so we were like kind of tight with money because we didn't have jobs. So we're just paying bills, you know, paying bills mode, nothing more than that. And I just I was just thinking, you know, that you're not actually praying, but you're just thinking it you just think I was just thinking you know it'd be really really nice to just go and have my toenails done and sit down at a nice little spot thing I just need to relax some you know I am not kidding the very next day Jamie called me <laughs> and he said I want to take you to get your nails done <laughs> and I was like what I didn't tell her that she didn't know that but I was like praise Jesus you know I was like God why would you care? It's just toenails, you know what I'm saying? Who cares? Nobody can even see them because I don't wear sandals. Which I, right now I am wearing sandals. But. <laughs> wait, what? That's true. Yes, that was whatever. <laughs> That's why I was crying. That is why. No, um, but yeah. So God is God is Jehovah Jireh. He's our daddy. You know, he desires to spoil us a little bit. So ask him. Amen. That's what he has put at his table, his provision. Um, so y'all y'all know the story of the Canaanite woman when she came to Jesus and she was just begging him to to um deliver her daughter. And um Jesus was like you know, you went in covenant with me. This is me paraphrasing. You went in covenant with me. Uh, and she said, well, even the little dogs get to eat of the crumbles that fall from the master's table, right? Yes. And and she believed that only the crumbles could set free her daughter. Yes. I mean, if even the crumbles can do that, imagine what we can have sitting at the table. Because when Jesus came, he, he has invited us to sit at the table. Amen? Yes. And so... There's just all of these things available, guys, like freedom. If if you're dealing with depression, if, if you need healing, it's all at his table. And he's inviting you for that tonight. And so will we just be a people that will not be satisfied with the crumbs? Because... If we just like, if we don't have enough time for God, if we're just too busy, if we are lazy, if we're complacent, like Corey said, if we just set idols before us, if we're, we're going to other things before going to him, if we're just carrying offense, we're just eating the crumbs. We're not having fellowship with him. And that's not, that's not all that he has. You know, it's kind of like you, you go to somebody's house and you just don't care about what they're offering you, the food they're offering. It's rude. You know, in some cultures, that's very, very rude. And so God has so much for you today. Will you just not be satisfied with sickness in your body? Because he has given it to you at the table. Just take it. Take it. And um, the last thing that's at the table. Well, that's not the last. That's the one before. I can't count. At the table, God does not see your flaws and your mistakes. Will you hear me tonight? He doesn't see it. Maybe you, in your high school or in your middle school, you went to your break, your lunch break, and nobody would want you at their table. Maybe that's what you went through. But I want to tell you tonight that God wants you at his table. Yes. He's inviting you to dine with him at his table. And uh, I just want to read the story of Mephibosheth real quick. Praise God. I could, I could say that. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> praise God that's that's that was anointed so let's read the story of Mephibosheth real quick that's in 2nd Samuel 9 1 through 8 if you're taking notes 2nd Samuel 9 1 through 8 says David asked is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake?" Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? And Ziba answered the king, There's still one, the son of Jonathan. He's, he's lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, He's at the house of Matthew, son of Emiel, in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar from the house of Matthew, son of Emiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. "'Don't be afraid,' David said to him, "'for I will surely show you kindness "'for the sake of your father, Jonathan. "'I will restore to you all the land "'that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, "'and you will always eat at my table.'" Mephibosheth bowed down and and he said, "'What is your servant that that you should notice "'a dead dog like me?' "'So what we learn in the scripture "'is that David invites Mephibosheth to eat with him, "'to sit at his table, right?' But see, when, when Mephibosheth says, me? Are you calling me to sit at your table? I'm just a dead dog. That's showing us that probably people around him treated him bad because of his disability. That shows me that he was used to being outcast and treated really, really bad because people would not look at him as a person, but and just uh, uh, see the stigma that everybody saw that was his disability. But when David invited him over, he didn't see through that. When he sat at that table, the table covered his legs that were lame. And David could see him. And he said, I'm going to give to you all that's at my table. Everything that I have is going to be yours. Everything that is at the palace, you can eat of. Amen. So God doesn't see your problem. He doesn't see your flaw. He doesn't see your past. He doesn't see what you did yesterday, what you did before yesterday. He doesn't see that you're a prostitute, that you're an addict, that you're an alcoholic. He doesn't care. He's looking at you and he's saying, will you come down at my table? Because the table that I have prepared for you with the blood of the lamb covers all of that. You are invited to eat at that table. And Mephibosheth, I love that. His name, Mephibosheth, actually means he scatters shame. I don't know if you're dealing with shame tonight. If you're looking at your life and if you're like, you're not worthy of God's presence, but you are. You are not because you are, but because Jesus paid a price so that you can be worthy of it. Brooke, if you come up in the worship team, I'm about to come to a close. But he's scattering shame tonight. I want you to know that we have a clear conscience to come into his presence because of the blood. And I mean, like, most of you are like, um, you know, that's so simple. That that's elementary, you know. But can we just be reminded of that? Because sometimes we fall a little bit and we we are we define ourselves as that mistake. And the enemy is just there like a little parasite just telling you over and over again of how that's going to define the from now on. (laughs) Amen. You are worthy by the blood. See like sin is a big deal because if it wasn't then Jesus wouldn't have died on the cross because of it, right? But you're a big deal too because he did that for you. To invite you to sit at the table. Because we ran away from it. We denied it. (laughs) In our sin we have denied it let's read Romans 5 1 through 2 I want you to pay attention to this because this is just heavy on my heart Romans 5 1 through 2 in the Amplified Bible says therefore since we are justified say justified, justified. that's the same thing as declared righteous given a right standing with God it's through faith Let us then grasp the fact that we have peace, a peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Through him also we have our access, our entrance by faith into this grace in which we stand. And let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Two things I want you to see there. Number one thing is that we have peace with God. Once you are an enemy of God because of the things you've done, because of the sin. God can't have fellowship with sin, but he sent Jesus so that we could have peace with him. He is the Prince of Peace. See, back in the Old Testament days, um, if somebody came and sat at a table to dine with you, that meant that you too were um, having a treaty of peace. And God has established peace between us and him through Jesus Christ. And the second thing that we read that is that we rejoice in the hope of experiencing the glory of God. At the table, there is eternal life. See, we couldn't get there where Jesus said, I'm preparing a place for you. We couldn't get there if it wasn't for him because he's the only way, the truth, and the life. And no one can inherit salvation except through the name of Jesus. Can we still get excited with the gospel? I want us to sing a song and maybe you never took that seat that God had prepared for you. He has prepared a seat of honor for you next to him at the table. Maybe you never took that seat because you thought that you weren't invited. You thought that God didn't, he didn't desire you there. He didn't want you there because of what you've done, but he does. The enemy's a liar. God is inviting you tonight to sit. In the seat that he has prepared for you. So if that's you tonight, if you have felt something, you felt the presence of God and you would like to commit yourself to him, you would like to experience that life and and you would like to know what it is to sit at his table. I'm telling you, there's nothing that you could ever do to earn that because all of us stand guilty. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. There's nobody in this room that can stand up and say, I deserve it. Nobody. It's only through the blood of Jesus. It's only through faith, through grace. Hear me tonight. There's somebody in this room that you feel ashamed, that you feel like God doesn't doesn't desire you there, but he does. He loves you. And he has covered you. So you no longer have to feel shame. Will you come and sit down at the table?